Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Good afternoon and welcome to Engage for Success Radio show number 458, how Lloyd's Banking Group transformed internal communications. Today we're going to be talking about how less internal comms noise can deliver more reach, value and impact. I'm Joe Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage for Success core team. The Engage for Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice, inspiring people and workplaces to thrive. And we're widely supported across the UK involving the public, private and third sectors. If you go to our website, engagesuccess.org, you can use the link at the bottom of the page to join our newsletter list, and all our social media links are there too. My guest today is Caroline Lagden, who's Head of Internal Communications at Lloyd's Banking Group. Welcome, Caroline. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here today. Thank you. Lovely. So start by telling us a, a bit about you and what you do, and then we'll move on to talking about the Lloyd's Banking Group. <laughs> Sure, will do. Um, yeah, so I, I head up the internal communications team at Lloyd's Banking Group. So that's um, a team who has the responsibility for the group internal communications across the group. So very much thinking about how we can tell the story to our colleagues. So uh, I think very much it's often called joining the dots and bringing the, the story alive. So really using our storytelling skills and the channels that we have in the organisation to really bring to life the the, the, the Lloyd's Banking Group story, really, for for our 65,000 colleagues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, would you like me to? I can give you a little bit of flavour about the organisation and you know how how we uh, support the organisation. I mean, very much my sort of team's purpose is to very much to inform, engage, and inspire our people, and that's through the communications that I've talked about and the delivery um, of our own our strategy and um, our purpose. The Lloyd's Banking Group. Uh, it's becoming far more purpose-led, so very much thinking about how we can help our people on that journey yeah. um, and make sure that's at the heart of, of our journey. Look, I'll take a little step back about um, and tell you a little bit about Lloyd's Banking Group. Lots of people know about Lloyd's Bank, um, but they may not know that actually Lloyd's Banking Group is, um, has a broad range of brands within its, within its organisations. The Lloyd's Banking Group is kind of the umbrella organisation and then you have um, brands such as Bank of Scotland, Lloyds Bank, Halifax, Scottish Widows, MBNA um, within within the sort of the, the, the organisation. Yeah, as a whole the group is, um, so we're, we're the uh, UK's largest bank and we have 65,000 colleagues as I said and we have both a retail and a commercial um, banking group as well as and insurance and wealth uh, um, so very much the sort of pensions and investments part of the business. So we're, we're UK focused, but, um, uh, we have, a, a, when I talk about sort of the organisation as a whole, um, when I talk about the different roles, obviously we have colleagues who are in branches every day, so that's in our, in our, our, our Lloyd's Bank of Scotland and Halifax branches. Then we have a number of colleagues who might be on call centres, and, uh, and they're manned 24 hours a day. And then we have, uh, as I've talked about briefly, in our commercial banking organisation, so that's very much 
um, part of the business where you it's very relationship driven. So it's supporting SME businesses or small small businesses or even large corporates. Um, mm-hmm. Those relationship roles can operate at very different time scales at a timing in terms of the day, and also they're not um, you know are not necessarily. Um, desk bound so these colleagues may well be in a, literally um, on on visits or with with clients and we do have a big part of our organization supports them uh, the agricultural business so actually when I say and people do laugh at me about saying this actually we do have colleagues who are based in the field that might literally be the case <laughs> when we're talking to people uh, who, are, who are supporting farmers in that in that agricultural part of the business so um, mm-hmm. Lloyd's it's a really varied varied place as I say there's um, 65,000 colleagues of them in about a third are either in a, a branch or call centers where you know timing is very different terms of those who may well be office based and have access to a laptop so all considerations that we really need to bring in uh when Mm -hmm. we're thinking about our channel channel mixes yeah yeah so a really sort of large and complex organization and you've been there i think for nine years and you've been in internal comms before have you got a sort of feel for when the sort of organization really stepped up in terms of communicating internally because you know it's you know Everyone has internal comms teams now and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, years ago that wasn't mm. the case. And, you know, we talk in Engage Success about the strategic narrative being one of the four enablers of engagement. And, you know, we know some organizations still don't get it great, <laughs> you know, even now. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you know any of the sort of history of how, how it sort of came about within Lloyd's Banking Group? Or was that sort of back in the, <laughs> the midst of time? Yeah, I mean, it's probably a bit before I joined, but I can talk about my own personal experience, certainly. Yeah. So, yes, you say I joined the group nine years ago, 10 years ago now. Um, and prior to that, worked within um, internal communications, but for, in a different organisation. And it certainly felt back sort of 15 to all plus years ago, showing my age now. Uh, yeah. If you were to say you worked in internal communications, people would look at you really curiously as if they were, what, what, what did you do there? Is that newsletters or emails? Um, and I think that's really moved on in the certainly in the last decade. And I think actually more, um, I, I, I think COVID and the whole pandemic has actually brought internal communications far more to the fore. I mean, Lloyd's Banking Group has always been that narrative and has always been a real focus on internal communications and how that can help drive colleague engagement. And as you say, it's all about that strategic narrative and how do we make that real for people and critically the part that they play, they play in it. But I think, you know, as as the organisation, as I talked about earlier, is keen to become and is becoming far more purpose led, we do start to see much more of that storytelling and really really clarity around our narrative and how everything that we do should be part of our you know helping us to become far more purpose-led so mm-hmm. I, I guess from my my background in internal communications I've absolutely seen the profession mature I think and um yeah it, it's a commonly used phrase but I think that influence and that seat at the table has been really has been crystallized and made more solid through the through pandemic and people have really seen the benefit of Actually, having that really strategic council um, yeah. at, at that top table when you're when you are not necessarily just in in that crisis organisation, but actually the benefits it can bring over long term, and really thinking about you know, where you're trying to get your colleagues from and to, mm. and mm-hmm. how communication can play an absolute crucial play, part in that. Yeah, and, uh, at, at Lloyd's, 
I mean, it might be helpful just to give you a bit of background. So internal communication sits within the, the corporate affairs function. Uh, yeah. uh, and within that team, there are also the media team, our social media team, um, and uh, a team that supports uh, the government and policy. So you have the kind of channel teams, as it were, really, who mm-hmm. are there, who are to maintain uh, and really optimise our channels, channel mix across the organisation. So um, we'll often work hand in hand. So it feels that having that sort of corporate centre um, central view of internal communications does really pay benefits and enables that sort of um, sort of cross pollination almost across some of the channels. For example, with social, yeah. quite often as well. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, a, a big theme of this is that you know it is a, a very large business with lots of sort of complexity and and you know different types of organisations within the the group. What sort of channels are you using to communicate internally, and and does it differ across different um, brands? Yeah, so um, in answer to your first question, we don't tend to differ across brands, but what we do is we have um, a sort of a group a group channel mix, really, and that, the predominant piece of that puzzle is um, the internet, so that's an internal internet, which is based on SharePoint Online, and there's also an app version, um, mm-hmm. and that's available to every colleague across the group, uh, as I say, either through the, the desktop or, or by the, the app, so that's the uh, the, the, the sort of the, the core communication channel that we use. A, a company with that, we also have good old email, which is seeing a resurgence, I think, in recent <laughs> years, actually. Um, so we see, but we, we, what we tend to do is really preserve email for really key or very timely announcements or signpost items that will be on the internet. So that's used rarely from a group perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have face-to-face and virtual, so those kind of events side of things. So very much, you know, in COVID times, that's gone from a face-to-face to virtual, now moving far more into that hybrid space. So we would use those, for example, for town hall sessions with our, our CEO or our, our leadership teams. Um, and they can, they're, they're currently a mix, you know, they're a hybrid mix and they're, they're extremely popular. And then the other channel that we have to, to our to, uh, opportunity is Yammer, so that's a social media platform, um, and we're seeing that used very much by colleagues where it's um, there's a real topic that they have an affinity with, so you'll often see conversations around, or, or potentially see, um, uh, sort of geographical conversations, so if they're based in the same hub, for example, the same part of the country, um, you'll see uh, Yammer being used, so uh, there's, there's, there's a fairly good mix and there's a, there's a mix between that sort of whole two-way and push-pull uh, within the group. Yeah. I think um, the internet, the, our internet is the, the key the key channel and that's, that's a two-way channel so we have a commentary function on there where colleagues can leave comments, you can like um, and uh, the, the, we, we've seen that colleagues third channel um, but of course, you also have the, the, you know, a lot of colleagues, particularly those in our branches where time is really, really very tight for them, uh, really benefit from and rely on the line manager uh, route. So, you know, they'll often mm-hmm. that that is their route of all truth, really, and they know that their line manager will be sharing with them what they need to know. 
So um, yeah. we also have a, a sort of a line manager channel set up as well to really support those people in, in those roles and making sure that they have the, you know, the clear, crisp attention, um, sort of grabbing information that they need to in a really easy way that they can digest and to, to share with their people. Um, yeah, yeah. That's probably where we are channel mix-wise. Um, Lovely. Uh, and so, so we said at the beginning of the show that we'd be talking a bit about um, how reducing the noise can deliver more reach, value and impact. Um, and so I sort of would love to find out how you've sort of reduced that noise. But I, I'm sort of particularly interested in it in terms of when you sort of give people the opportunity to use things like Yammer, um, and you therefore can't control what they're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. how, how you sort of reduce the noise um, when you've got people doing their own thing as well. So sort of cool. Um, I, I missed the end of that question. I, I, I seem to this line kept dropping out. Hopefully you can hear me. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, very much. So if I take it back to the, the sort of um, the noise of touch, which is every communicator's bugbear, isn't it? That's what we, we constantly try to think about. But we also know that um, colleagues have been telling us that. So we, we would uh, seek feedback and insights from colleagues, and they would tell us, you know, what they like, what they dislike, and what what they they, they struggle with. And very much that noise um, came up, in a, in particular, around repetition and duplication. So to take you back uh, a few years sometimes uh, colleagues would tell us that when we get got to say um, financial results they might receive the same message in four or five different guises uh, so actually and they're not getting any value from each of those so we really very much thought about a from our internet perspective what do we do or what does that editorial um, uh, cadence look like and what, what, how can we really focus on what the MI is telling us as well as the insights from colleagues. So we focus very heavily on um, MI, so actually the number of people who are viewing our stories, how they're interacting with them, you know, percentage of videos watched, for example, or how long they're, they're taking reading an article. So we can really get a good gauge of what people are finding, uh, finding interesting. So, yeah. Firstly, we started looking at um, the volume from our internet perspective, because that is our core channel, so the main channel. From there, we so we used to publish five stories a week, um, across each day of the week. But what we found when we looked at the MI is that actually, you know, on the occasion where a story was on the, uh, the homepage, for example, for two days, that the uh, number of people reading it was much higher. We also found that, say, Fridays was a quieter day. Um, so we reduced our editorial slots from five down to three a week, mm-hmm. and in com- sort of in in combination with doing that, we also took a look at actually you know, how are we bringing the stories to life. So those three stories that are on there, is there anything more that we can do creatively, perhaps to bring those to life? So we took um, a long time really challenging ourselves on the creative imagery. So we have you know, an image on the home page, and that's often the first thing somebody would see as well as the headline. So how mm-hmm. do we make them as captivating as, as an attention-grabbing as we can do? Um, and we tried, you know, various different gauges, and actually we found that um, over the overall 
if you make the, the headline a little bit intriguing, but not too much so, we saw more people uh, reach out to our content. And I'll, I'll give you an example. For example. Uh, if, we, if we use the word business or sustainability in a headline, we've seen a trend whereby those, those particular stories are less read than others if we were to put something, it, the same story, but give it a different headline. So it's those kind of insights that we're taking on board and really continuing to drive down um, our reach. So now, as well as, as I talked about on internet, the other pieces we have been doing is to, to create a sort of weekly roundup for, and a monthly roundup. So the weekly roundup is, is email-based, and that can be tailored to different parts of the organization. And that's really, you know, have you missed it kind of thing, again, pointing back to um, what we're saying on our, our internet. And then you have um, what we call News in Three, which is a monthly video roundup of the stories that people may have missed during that month. Again, it's really just being very cognizant of people's lack of time for communications. Yeah. And so we have a three-minute video. This is a, you know, if you're only going to watch one thing this month, this is what you need to hear. Um, yes. And additionally to that, as I touched on earlier, we've um, created a live manager channel. So rather than them receiving lots of fragmented updates of what they need to do and ha what they need to inform their team about, actually we've digested and consolidated that into a, a monthly um, communication specifically for line managers and, and also created that route where they can talk to one another. So you have that peer-to-peer -peer yep. contact. Mm -hmm. And what we've seen in terms of... Um, the feedback that we've had from people is uh, they really appreciate that they can see the the sort of transformation in uh, in the tone and the communication. So, in terms of your question of what we've done and the, I guess the result of that, we've reduced volume by forty percent to year on year, as I said over the last two or three years. And during that time, we've seen our reach grow. So, in fact, it's doubled and, and more than that now. So we we know that from sort of Gartner's uh, research that the, the, the benchmark is around 17%. We're now well into the 30s consistently uh -huh. uh, of yeah. colleagues re re reading our content. Um, of course, I've seen things like a video, for example. We did a lot of uh, analysis of the videos that people watch, how long they watch them for, what do they like, don't like. Um, that the sweet spot we've discovered is between three and four minutes. Um, mm -hmm. And that really is at this time that people, you know, that anything above four, four minutes, you start to see a real drop off and people start finishing the video before they've watched it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. one other real, real surprising fact we found is obviously we provide transcripts for all of our videos. Well, we, we just see the transcript views growing all of the time. It's um, it's quite incredible, actually. It's taken us all by surprise. But, yeah. um, you know, that's told, I think that's helped us get a bit closer to our audience and it, you know, it may well be that people um, have often said to us that, that it's easier to read a, a transcript than perhaps to play the video if, if, if they haven't got their headset, headphones to hand or actually if they're in a call yeah. center and it's in between calls they might they find that easier than to watch a, a video so um, you know, we now have transcripts across everything um, which is a really important yeah. part of what we do so isn't that amazing yes, so we're, in, we're able to know all of those things? You know, you think back you know, years ago, you'd send out a piece of paper with an update, <laughs> and you have no yes. idea if anyone read it or whether it was hidden in a pile of paper or whatever. And all that technology that we now have to be able to track and, and as you say, actually work out the best of a video in order to 
communicate to more people because they actually bother to watch it, or as you say, with the transcript. It's just amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It is, it is. Yeah. <laughs> like you say, you send it out into the ether and hope. But, um, I mean, MI, I think, you know, within my team, we focus really heavily on MI and monthly. The whole team will look at the MI for each month and really think about you know, working what's not, and we use those um, insights to then refine or change how we're doing our content. So it may well be that we do a bit of a test and learn on something, really just to explore, actually, is, is the particular route which going to 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 work and if it doesn't you know we've we've tested it we've learned from it and um you know we've got we've definitely got that culture within the team to to do that which is brilliant no yeah. idea is a bad idea from the team <laughs> yeah yeah so you're embracing all the new social sort of tools doing tiktok are you <laughs> uh no not yet but you know you do you i have to say this really okay so i do look at tiktok and you can't help but think oh, okay could we use that um, I know, so, yeah. you know, that sort of punchy, condensed type of content. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, we were talking about how we've transformed communications at Lloyd. Part of that has really been about our tone as well and very much thinking about um, being very authentic and perhaps being a bit more conversational and informal in our tone because again, feedback is sometimes that it can feel a bit too structured. Um, so, yeah. you know, very simple things like actually, you know, you would write or video something as you would if you were having a conversation with somebody. Is um, yeah. you, you make sure that um, you're, you're very much talking to a person. Uh, you're not, you know, and it, that may well be simple things like we instead of using Lloyd's Banking Group, for example, we might talk about our business or um, our people. So very much thinking. Um, stripping away some of that lingo which we all know exists and still does really mm-hmm. taking away any acronyms and really bringing it back to that simple authentic language making it mm-hmm. a bit more digestible for that that's even things like you know taking use the use of contractions actually you know really bring it back to that really authentic that really far more relaxed tone um, and we did that actually at a similar time to a new CEO joining and that has worked really really well uh, to help embed him and his communication style um, across the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's some um, again interesting, isn't it? How things have have changed. I I remember um, sort of in the fairly early days of sort of social media for organisations. It was probably actually when I first started working in Engage Success. There was a a guy from a big organisation who'd been given some award and he was at Buckingham Palace and and he he shared how excited he was as the chief exec with his whole team through a smartphone video which at the time was quite Mm. groundbreaking and so as you're saying you know to talk about changing the you know the language and the style and so on and that that was actually quite groundbreaking sort of 10 years ago for for somebody in that position to not have a scripted video with lighting and a studio and <laughs> and everything else. It's, yeah. uh, it's interesting how quickly it, that has changed. But again, not all organisations have really embraced that yet, have they? No, no. And I think and I think you have to, to think about the individual as well. You don't want something to be too forced that has to really feel like them I think, and their, their, their own sort of personal style. Um, yeah. But I mean, you know, Lloyd's where we're fortunate in that we have a good channel mix. I mean, you, you talked about Yammer earlier, and we do see some leaders using Yammer, but not all. Um, and I think it's 
it, again, as I, I talked earlier, it's about that person and that what they're comfortable with. Um, yeah. So yeah. It, it becomes, we sort of come away from that authentic authenticity of this, I think, if we're, if we're sort of yeah. forcing people, you must update something regularly on, on Yammer, actually. And, and some people, you know, their, their style may well be that they prefer to do a town hall. They prefer to have, you know, people in a virtual session or coffee session mm-hmm. um, rather than being online. So I think it very much depends on, you know, yeah. don't we? it's the size of the team, where they're based, what they prefer as well. So, yeah, there's, you know, lots of lots of elements to factor in. And, you know, and I, you know, I sort of was being a bit flippant about TikTok, but, you know, I read somewhere recently that some organisations are using it successfully for recruitment. And I do wonder, you know, with the, the sort of, you know, wider number of generations in organisations, you know, how much we have to change what we do based on, as you say, if you're, if you're individualising what you're doing, that actually you've got people, as you say, from the spectrum of didn't grow up with technology at all to, you know, have known nothing different sort of thing and uh, what difference that makes. Have you noticed anything generationally with yours? Yeah, I mean, we do. And um, you do certainly have people here, like you say, far more fluent with social media channels and really rely on them and that's their trusted source. Reservers will be more reliant on, say, um, hearing from their line manager or their leader or, or where they can find uh, in information on the internet. So, uh, you know, within what we try to do is to make sure that we're giving that opportunity to all and signposting people to the same mm-hmm. information, but it may be through a different route. So, yeah. um, you know, for example, on Yammer, we'll signpost uh, information on Yammer to people, to, we'll literally signpost them to the internet piece so that people, you know, if that's their mechanism of finding information, we know that we're directing them in, in, into that place where it's almost that, you know, that's your sort of your core truth, your count, almost that's the, that's the platform where you know you'll get that timely, um, mm-hmm. timely information. I think with, with Yammer, that's one of its downfalls is that you can't, you know, editorially, you can't maintain a particular story for a certain length of time or you don't have that control because it is a social media platform. So, yeah. you know, that that does change all the time. So it's really thinking about how can we craft our channels and to work in the best way. But to your point, you know, the, pe- the people within our organisation will span a number of generations and they all have different different um, needs. And as I talked about at the start of our conversation, thinking about how, where those colleagues are, what their roles are, and, and therefore mm. what opportunity mm. they have to access communications, and both not in the physical, both in the physical and the, the, the sense of the time that they have to do that. So yeah. Um, yeah. these are all good things that we constantly have to keep an eye on, though. You know, because te- technology, for, for one, is changing constantly, as are yeah. people's, um, you know, how people are using technology. And plus, you know, we see obviously the growth of LinkedIn. I think that's another thing to another point to factor in is that we're seeing more and more people are using LinkedIn and actually, you know, a good question to ask ourselves is how does that work with our internal yeah. channels as well and how do we make sure that those are complementing and um yeah. if you mm-hmm. said at the start and when you're thinking about that uh, recruitment process, we want that people to see anything that they see about Lloyd's Banking Group as part of that recruitment process, then to follow through to the actual experience. Yeah. When they when they join, as it were, and they're online, because um, mm. you know, colleagues, uh, uh, it, it's really important that we stay very mindful and consistent across that whole 
whole journey. And you know, there's a fierce battle for talent out there at the moment when we're thinking about new new colleagues and new people coming into the organisation. Yeah. Yeah. So we literally have two minutes left. <laughs> what What's next? What's the future of, uh, of comms in Lloyd's Banking Group? <laughs> yeah. What version? Well, I, mean, I think we're um, yeah we're at an interesting time. We launched a new strategy last uh, earlier this year. So very much thinking about actually how do we as uh, a function really bring that alive and what does what does that look like? Well, always staying really authentic and empathetic and human. And I think. You know the the news last week, um, uh, the passing of the Queen and the, the King Charles the Third coming to the throne. I think it's very much you know that's really given us that you know uh, really help us to really when we're thinking about our tone and setting back and thinking you know how can we be as supportive and as considered uh, and yeah. get that tone right for colleagues at this particular time. So I think when we're, we're forever as a communicator, we're always having to challenge ourselves and you know, we need to therefore make sure that we've got the insights and we can feel uh, the mood. So we do you know, make sure that a number of my team are always out and about and speaking to people so that we've got that sort of anecdotal insights as well. Yeah. As you say, what's next? I think it's a continual transformation, actually. I think as, as technology continues and as we look at the benefit that we can illustrate to the organization and bringing that strategy alive i think mm-hmm. we'll continue to challenge ourselves on that storytelling the channels you know working sure that those channels are working at that time and our our, our general approach while always being insight based i think that's the key piece is yeah. having the access yeah. to the data and the insights so that we can make those informed decisions and give that 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 appropriate counsel so Brilliant. I think it's a really exciting place to be. There's lots of creativity um, in internal comms. You know, I've, I've been talking to a number of peers recently, and I think that that whole creative vibe within internal comms is really is really picking up again now, which is brilliant to see. And yeah. um, with that, yeah. you know, some really clever ideas. Brilliant, lovely. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been really interesting. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, and have a lovely evening. Thank you. So just to let you know, next Thank week, Joe Morris will be back and she'll be talking to Tim Kakia, who's a growth consultant, and they're talking about how companies should include their team members in growth-focused discussions. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.